So here's a question for you. What's the deal with expecting extraordinary results without having to put in hard work? Hey, by the way, this is Dan Waltschmidt. You're listening to the Edgy Conversations podcast. Radical help for people who want it. This is a question I ask business leaders, leaders in general, all over the world. It feels like this is my go-to question when I get called in to solve a complex problem or it's a funny, funky phone call or something like that. Like, of course, it's going to take you hard work to achieve breakthrough in your life, no matter what it is, business, math, sports, science, or politics, business, math, sports, science, or politics. I had to say that twice just because the first time I said, I think I was running a little too quickly, but we have this thought process sometimes that once we've achieved breakthrough once in our life, like once we've achieved greatness one time, that that was our hard work. You know, like, uh, hey, I worked my ass off in my 20s. So that that's my hard work. But that's not the case. See, unless you're still doing the same old thing you were doing when you were in your, in your 20s, unless you're still playing the same game at the same level, then that's no longer a viable plan of attack for you. In other words, in other words, hear me out, hear me out. The thing you're doing now is where the hard work needs to be applied. Now, don't get me wrong, this is not rocket science. <laughs> Some of you are thinking, of course, of course, but, but it's not about knowing it intellectually. It's about embracing it in your soul. Here's why that matters. You're going to get tired. You're going to get beaten down. You're going to have those days where you don't see results happening quick enough or at all. And you're going to say, why am I doing this anyways? Why am I even trying? I mean, after all, it's not working. What can I do to shortcut the process and get results a little bit more quickly without it having to hurt this badly. Ever been there? Maybe you're there right now, right? You've been there. Come on, don't play. Don't play. Come on. You've been there. You've been there. I'm guessing in the last you could count on your fingers in the last number of days. How many times you've been there? Right? 2, 3, 4, 5 days ago, you've been there. No one has a roller coaster ride of awesomeness that doesn't include a day or two of getting kicked in the shorts, of having to be told by life that you're not as awesome as you think you are. I feel like those moments come for me more often than not. Anyone else feel like that? Where you're just, you're, you're, you're seat belted into this thing called life and you're, you're hitting the go button and away you go and you're ready and you're thinking, shouldn't it be easier this time around? And it's not. I think what's changed for me recently is just a mind shift. This ability to say, in spite of it all, I'm just going to smile. 
I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, I'm stressed. Yes, I'm super intense. That's probably always how it's going to be. Nevertheless, I'm going to grind. I don't need to brag about it. I don't need to talk about it. I might never even put it on Facebook. But it's going to be the thing I do. Like when no one's watching, I'm just going to get it done. I don't know that that makes it easier to go and do what needs to be done, to endure the battle. But for me, it makes it worth it. What I mean by worth it is, I just, I have now have a reason. I now have a reason for doing it. I know why I'm doing it. It's because I want to achieve that extra bit of greatness. And I don't need you to agree with me, to like me, to approve of me, to cheer for me, to do any of that stuff. Now, I hope you, you don't do the opposite. I, <laughs> I hope you don't try to drag me down. I hope you're not overly cynical, overly skeptical, overly critical, unnecessarily unfair, right? Mean, nasty. I hope you're none of those things. But if you are, I'm still going to grind towards my goal because you aren't allowed to steal my dream from me. When I think about Carl Brashear, the star, by the way, if you haven't heard the story of Carl Brashear, there's actually a podcast here where we tell the story of Carl Brashear. It's also in my book. It's also a movie called Men of Honor. So we didn't invent it. We do think the story is incredible. When Carl Brashear was asked, how as a black man, he could be discriminated against. By the way, if you don't know the story, the cliff notes are, he tried out to be a master diver in the U.S. Navy. Now, these are not Navy SEALs. These are guys who go down with these 200-pound, brass-fitted, heavy underwater suits, like built for compression, right? So you can go down deep, and the compression doesn't kill you. And fix stuff or rescue people. And that's what his dream was. But back in the day, we had a pretty racist country. And by the way, that's no judgment on what we have now. I'm just saying, back in the day, it was clearly a segregated environment. On ships, black folk were, 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 were in a different location from the white folk. And that's just how it was. And it wasn't right, but that, 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 was, the, that, was, the, that was the era. That was the time. And he was so determined, he was so determined that in his training process, by the way, this story was somewhat glamorized by men of honor, but, but still it was a true story if you know his biography, where in his final test, they had to assemble underwater all of these different pieces and they lowered those pieces down in a bucket. It was a, it was a canvas bucket. That's what they work with underwater, these big, heavy canvas buckets. And when they lowered down his bucket, they essentially cut a hole and, and all the pieces fell to the bottom of the ocean. Now, if you've ever been to, in the water for a while, like may, maybe you've been in the water after Labor Day, where it's not frigid, but it's a little bit nippy. You know what I mean? 
and you're thinking like, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Or maybe you jumped in a local creek, like that's always cold. And you're like, I can do this. And about 30 seconds in, you are so cold. You're like, your teeth are all chattering. (laughs) And everyone's kind of making fun of you because they told you, don't go in, don't go in. But you had to go in, of course, right? And so your teeth are chattering. I got to get out of here. I get out of here. And you're so cold. All you can think about is getting warm. Don't want a towel. Give me a towel. Give me a shirt. Give me my clothes. You want to throw it. You want to get warm again. Well, when you're this far underwater, it's just absolutely miserable. So the average time for assembling all of these pieces of metal, 45 minutes if you're a stud. If you're an average cadet, by the way, you already have to be awesome to graduate. But an average cadet did it about 90 minutes, something like that. If you know Carl's story, he was so determined to figure this thing out. He spent not one hour or two hours or three hours or four hours or five hours or six hours or seven hours. Mind you, if I were to tell you that Carl Brashear spent eight hours looking for bolts and fittings and valves and pieces that make up the equipment he needed to be assembled, you would know (laughs) that that was literally a nine-to-five assignment. So imagine if I told you the most most you're going to be able to endure for this job, like this is the most difficult job in the world, you're going to be not, it's not an eight hour job because you can't, you can't handle in eight hours of this, this, it's too hard. So we're, we're not going to give you eight hours. We're going to give you an assignment that's roughly an hour and a half. And the best of the best to graduate can do it in slightly less than that. But to be frank, even if you're good, it's going to be about an hour and a half. And that's about all you're going to be able to endure. And, and basically everyone else is going to drop out because that's just, that's super tough. So you're going to office, you're thinking, I, I got this. And instead of it taking you an hour and a half, it takes you eight hours. At eight hours, you're still laboring away. Most of us could never do that, would never do that. We'd give up. But see, even after an eight-hour day, Carl Brashear still wasn't finished. He hadn't found all of the bits and bites and pieces of metal that he had to assemble in the perfect order in order to pass the elite U.S. Navy diver school. Seven hours gone, eight hours gone, nine hours gone. Between nine hours and ten hours, Carl Brashear could barely utter the words to the home base, to radio up with his oxygen line and his radio line. Barely had the energy. No food, no water, no nothing for nine and a half hours as he searched on hands and knees to find all these pieces. They brought him up. They brought up 
the piece of machinery he had assembled. Perfect. Perfect. I tell you that whole story to say this. When they asked him later, why? Well, isn't that the first question for all of us, by the way? Why? How? How could you do it? But, but more importantly, why? He said something interesting that I'll never, ever forget. And all the stories that I researched for my book, a thousand plus, I'll never forget the one-liner that Carl Bashir said. He said, looking at the interviewer candidly, when he was asked later about why he just didn't leave well enough alone, get the message, he said, I ain't going to let nobody take my dream from me. He almost dismissed the reporter right out of hand. Almost looked at her with a sign of disgust. I ain't going to let anybody take my dream from me. I think that's fitting. It's fitting for a superstar. It's fitting for you. It's fitting for me. I mean, the reality is we all too often let other people steal our dream from us. We, we think, oh, it's hard, right? That's when we started this out. So you think you can achieve greatness and not have to hurt, not have to struggle, not have to be frustrated, not have to face confusion and anger and emotions and other people's opinions and, and failure and the sense of, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do because if I did, I'd have already tried it. You feel like because you want to be successful, you deserve to be successful and that earns you a pass to not feel the frustration and fear and pain and all the ickiness of, of battling. You know, if someone like Carl Brashear can battle underwater for a superhuman period of time. Now, by the way, he's not a superhuman. He's just a human. If he can do it, it begs the question, why don't I work harder? Why do I somehow feel like I get a free pass. Who am I to get a free pass? Who are you to get a free pass? We're ordinary people. And if you have extraordinary dreams, then you're going to have to roll up your sleeves and hustle. You're going to have to roll up your, your pant legs and run, run, run towards success. That's what you're going to have to do. You can't, you don't have time to cry. You don't have enough energy to cry. You need to save all of that towards getting a little bit closer to where you want to be. Don't ask for the pain to be less. Build the strength to endure it with a smile. Hey, this is Dan Walshman. You've been listening to the Edgy Conversations podcast where we talk about radical help for people who want it. Hey, look, I love you guys. I'm glad you're listening in. Listen, if you're not part of the Edgy Empire of Awesomeness group on Facebook, go over there. Go, 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 go. Go play ball with us. We're going to encourage each other. We're going to inspire each other, hold each other accountable. And when things get tough, and they will, when things get tough, you're going to have a whole posse of people to have your back, to lean on, and to help you get closer to where you want to be. Meanwhile, guys, stay edgy, be awesome, go out there and crush it.